Hello, and thank you for downloading this program from Starry Decisis Radio, where we discuss all the judgments of the United Kingdom Supreme Court. My name is Mark Tottenham. In these podcasts, I aim to discuss these cases with the minimum of legalese and jargon, and concentrating on the key issues that come before the court. So far, a small listenership has built up, but I would appreciate any comments about whether these podcasts are of interest or use to listeners. In today's show, we discuss a judgment concerning a slightly complicated issue of company law, but I shall try to strip it down to its bare essentials and rights and wrongs. In short, it concerns some company directors who tried to restrict the voting rights of minority shareholders under a term in the company's articles. The court had to decide whether they were exercising their rights for their proper purpose and whether the restrictions were valid. The name of the case is Eclairs Group PLC versus JKX Oil and Gas PLC. The citation is 2015 UK SC 71. The lead judgment was delivered by Lord Sumption, with a short concurring judgment by Lord Mance. The facts of the case were as follows. The company in question is a public limited company called JKX Oil and Gas PLC, which is involved in oil and gas exploration and development in Russia and Ukraine. A minority shareholding was held by two companies, Eclairs Group PLC and Glengarry Overseas Limited. These two companies were associated with some Eastern European businessmen who had reputations as corporate raiders. I don't think we need to go into much detail about their alleged raiding, but it is fair to say that the directors feared that they might try to take control of the company without paying full price for the shares. The owners of the minority shares had already tried to challenge the positions of the chief executive and the commercial director. The board then issued statutory disclosure notices, seeking information as to the beneficial ownership of the shares and whether there were any agreements or arrangements between the owners. The owners complied with the requested disclosure, but denied that there were any agreements or arrangements in place. The board then proposed to issue restriction restriction notices on the shareholders, which would have prevented the shareholders from voting at the forthcoming AGM. The minority shareholders then issued proceedings to challenge the restriction notices. In the High Court, it was held that the restriction notices had been issued for the improper purpose of determining the outcome of resolutions at the AGM, and granted a declaration that the notices were ineffective. In the Court of Appeal, it was held that it did not matter what the purpose of the notice was, and that the directors had power to issue the relevant restrictions. The matter went to the Supreme Court. The key issue was what were the proper purposes for which the board might restrict the exercise of rights attaching to shares, and in what circumstances the restrictions could be challenged on the grounds that they were imposed for a collateral purpose. As I said, this was quite a complex issue, but it involved a discussion of the proper purpose rule which applied to trustees and whether the rule applied to the actions of directors. Lord Sumption said that there were three legitimate purposes for the issue of restrictions on shareholders. The first was to induce shareholders to comply with a disclosure notice. The second was to protect a company from making decisions in ignorance of relevant information. And the third was a sanction on shareholders who failed to comply with a disclosure notice. He went on to say, open quotation, These three purposes are all directly related to the non-provision of information requisitioned by a disclosure notice. None of them extends to influencing the outcome of resolutions at a general meeting. That may well be a consequence of a restriction notice, but it is no part of its proper purpose. It is not itself a legitimate weapon of defence against a corporate raider, 
which the board is at liberty to take up independently of its interest in getting the information. End of quotation. He further said, open quotation, the imposition of restrictions under Article 42, that's of the Articles of Association, is a serious interference with the financial and constitutional rights which exist for the benefit of the shareholder and not the company. In the case of listed companies such as JKX, a restriction notice is also an interference with the proper operation of the market and its shares, in which there is not only a private but a significant public interest. One would expect such a draconian power to be circumscribed by something more than the director's duty to act in the company's interest as they may in good faith perceive it. End of quotation. The last quotation I'll read is as follows. Open quotation. If the deceit consists simply in this secrecy, i.e. in the withholding or deemed withholding of the information, a decision to impose restrictions which is based simply on that fact will be entirely consistent with the proper purpose of the power. But secrecy is one thing, subversion another. If the real objection is to the subversion, it has nothing to do with the issue or enforcement of disclosure notices. Directors owe a duty of loyalty to the company, but shareholders owe no loyalty either to the company or its board. End of quotation. Accordingly, he held that the restriction notices were invalid. Lord Mance, in a concurring judgment, considered the issue of causation and whether the court should have considered what decision would have been made if the directors had only had the legitimate purposes in mind. I was struck in the case by Lord Sumption's bold, bold statement that shareholders owed no, no duty to a company. This is probably true in lo at law in any event, although in, in an ideal world shareholders would have the best interests of the company at heart. After all, they are the notional owners of the company. There are, of course, restrictions on manipulation of the share price and other actions that might be taken by a corporate raider, but it does seem unsatisfactory that directors who are trying to manage a company could be ambushed by the actions of minority shareholders. It was also not clear from the judgment whether there were any consequences for a shareholder who lied in response to a disclosure notice, and whether the consequences constituted a suitable deterrent. Thank you very much for listening to this programme. If you have any comments, please see the Starry Decisis Radio Facebook page or Twitter account. And if you have enjoyed this programme, please tell your friends and colleagues about Starry Decisis Radio.